This is Indian Noir, India's most critically acclaimed horror and crime storytelling podcast. You can now follow the podcast exclusively on Spotify. His Night Begins, Season 4, Episode 10 My father was a rickshawala. My mother was a maid. We had very little, but our life was content. I must have been about ten years old when a fire gutted our slum. My parents got me to safety, but they were trampled and the stampede caused by people fleeing the inferno. Jay Bheem said, as he gazed upon the slow-flowing river, choked by reedy islands of greenery. Guruji and Naskyu leaned against the bonnet of their Land Rover as they listened to him in rapt attention. Not even the strained moans of someone trying to escape Jay Bheem's ambassador car's boot could distract them from the tragic tale. The lower half of my body was burned. I lay where my parents left me, under a charred shrub, on a bed of ash. I was alone, broken. I cried for my parents. I knew they were not coming back, because I could see where they lay dead. I couldn't move. I called out for help, but no one came. On the fourth day, worms had started to feed on my wounds, and I was praying to God to let me join my parents. The harsh sun had wrung me out. My lips felt like parchment. In my delirium, I may have stuffed some of that ash I was lying on in my mouth. I was hallucinating. At one stage, I thought I saw a procession of temple elephants. I was very close to death. I could tell. Then he came. He was no mirage. He was real, Jebhim said. Nilesh Chetiar, Guruji said. Yes, he grabbed me up in his arms like this, Jebhim said, acting out the scene. He looked into my soul and said, You are not dying today. You are too strong for that. Jebhim turned around to face Naz and Guruji. Rivulets of tears had stained his cheek. I must avenge my master and his family's deaths. It's the least I can do to repay a life debt. So I appreciate you saving me the other day and reaching out to me so I can thank you in person. Jebhim said. Our work is not done yet, Naz said. Guruji nodded. As a gift to celebrate our alliance, Jebhim said. This is no alliance. You are useful to us, for now. So, Guruji let the words trail off. Like I said, Jebhim continued, ignoring the veteran's comment. I have a gift. He flung open the boot of his car and revealed a bloodied man whose hands were bound and mouth was gagged. 
This is the bastard who fed state intelligence the information that got those officers killed. Jabhim said, I'm sure he knows where the men you are tracking can be found. Consider this my thanks. Nas turned to Guruji with a triumphant smile. We will climb up this grapevine and get to the rotten fruit. We might need your assist on this one, Guruji said. At your service, it would be my pleasure, Jabhim said. A 45-minute drive later, Naz and Guruji were at the ruined Haveli where S.P. Vinaya and Parambir eagerly awaited their arrival. Before they entered the dilapidated building, Naz asked Guruji, I found it interesting the other day that you were disturbed by my comment about you and Vinaya being related. This nonsense again, Guruji said looking disgruntled. We are not related in any way. I don't want you to bring this up again. Is that clear? Nas did not respond as she followed him into the courtyard. Vinaya had clearly spent a few days crying as evidenced from her puffy eyes and general demeanour. Even the man-mountain Paramvir Singh looked out of sorts as he fingered the peak of his turban. They both looked up at the sound of Guruji and Nas's footsteps. Is there any good news? Vinaya asked. Guruji nodded. Vinaya rushed towards Guruji and embraced him. He held her awkwardly at first, sparing a quick glance at Naz, who watched them with curiosity. Then a wave of tenderness that Guruji couldn't deny overcame his emotions. He held Vinaya in a tighter embrace while recounting his encounter with Jabhim. Kill them for me when you find them. I can still see the weeping faces of the wives and children of the dead officers when I close my eyes. Vinay said as she wept uncontrollably. It's not your fault, darling, Guruji said, stroking her head. Paramvir Singh looked on uncomfortably. He squirmed as Guruji consoled Vinay with loving words. They disengaged from the embrace after what seemed like ages. Vinay said, You might be a terrible man in a lot of ways, but I know you are a man of your word. Promise me that you will do everything to help me shine. Make the departed soul of my father proud of what his daughter has achieved. And you can do that by eradicating this cartel contingent from Mexico. Drive them off our shores. Then I will forgive you for your sins, Vinay said. That will mean a lot to me, Guruji said tearfully. Now go get me some scalps. Justice demands it, Vinay said. Yes, ma'am, Guruji said. He turned and nodded at Nas. Good luck, Vinay said as they walked off. Paramvir Singh followed Nas and Guruji as they strolled towards the Land Rover. A lime green veteran of many car chases and shootouts, its body was a patchwork of fixes that gave it the air of a warhound that was way past its prime. Guruji smiled as his eyes fell on it. It was only appropriate that he was embarking on this bloody mission in his old departmental chariot. Your wheels will see blood, my old friend. I promise, Guruji thought. Just as they reached the vehicle, Paramvir spoke up. Madamji might forgive you for your sins. Don't expect me to do the same. 
You will always be a corrupt stain on the history of this police force. Nothing more. But I know you will fulfill your promise to her. It should come easy to you. After all, dirty wet work is your forte, Paramir said. Always a pleasure, Guruji said as he opened the Land Rover's door. Any other curse words you want to send my way? Good luck, Paramir said to Nas before turning and trudging up the overgrown path that snaked towards the Haveli. Beautiful wild bird songs erupted from the foliage above in his wake. Vinaya is your daughter. I have no doubt about it, Nas said. I told you, Guruji raised his voice, his face a mask of fury. I cannot work with people I don't trust. I need to understand your motivation clearly. This is not just about money for you, she said. You don't see me psychoanalyzing you, Guruji retorted. Believe me, you don't want to get inside my fucked up head, Nas chuckled. Bah! Guruji said, slamming the bonnet. What happened to your encounter squad? Why was it disbanded? Nas asked. Because I was corrupt. You should read the papers, Guruji said. No more lies. No more secrets, Nas said. Guruji's furious eyes bored into hers. She did not tear her gaze away. A few beats later, he looked away. His lower lip quivered as he said, Get in the car. I will tell you about my sins. Decades ago. So you sold your integrity, our team's honor, for a stack of notes? Prasad Bhushan, Vinaya Prasad's father, said. He was grabbing onto the collar of his fellow encounter squad mate, Aludi Rajesh, as he uttered these damning words. You don't understand how difficult it is to make ends meet with the pittance we get paid to be legally sanctioned assassins. Rajesh countered as he wrenched Prasad's hands away from his collar. The two men were arguing inside their staff room in full view of their colleagues. They were dressed in casual business shirts and khaki uniform pants, as was often the case when they were off duty. Guruji and two other members of the encounter squad watched on in shock as the confrontation played out. How many kills did you execute for a fee? How many did you cover up as sanctioned encounters? Tell me, how many? Prasad demanded, his spittle flying in the face of the accused. Rajesh hung his head in shame and refused to give a number. Are any of you involved in the same dirty business? Prasad asked, shifting his glance to his two other colleagues who were spectators. Prasad strategically avoided Guruji's gaze and the master killer noted the same. The men hesitated. It was Guruji's turn to grab onto their collars. Answer Prasad, did you guys take bribes to off people who might not have been legitimate targets? No response was proffered, but the guilt was writ large on their faces. What gives you the right to question them? The rot comes from the top. From you, Prasad said, pointing an accusatory finger at Guruji. Guruji turned to face Prasad, his face registering shock. 
I have not taken a single bribe in my life, let alone as the leader of this squad, Guruji declared. But you have been immoral in other ways, Prasad said. Then he turned to his colleagues and said, I need you three out of here. I need to speak to this man alone. It's time we had a heart to heart. The three men left the room, their heads hanging in shame. They closed the door to the staff room behind them, leaving behind a silence seething with tension. Prasad moved closer to Guruji and squared up to him. I know you have been sleeping with my wife. She told me that the baby growing in her belly. Guruji reeled and took a few backward steps as Prasad's truthful revelations smashed into his chest with the fury of a sledgehammer blow. What right do you have to lecture the men standing out there? I thought you were my friend, our beloved leader, Prasad said, his words faltering with emotion. It was Guruji's turn to hang his head in shame. I will go to the press with these bribery allegations. That will be the end of this squad. I know I will not escape the taint either. The top brass will tar me with the same brush and throw me to the wolves along with the rest of you. But at least this charade will end. It needs to come to a swift conclusion. You have grown fat on the adoration showered on you at press conferences and junkets. You have grown arrogant, Prasad said, slamming a pointed finger into Guruji's chest. You think you are untouchable. The only way to slay you is by starving you of the oxygen that feeds your ego. Prasad said, I, I, Guruji stammered. I knew you wouldn't be able to utter a single word when I confronted you, because I have always known that you are not the macho superhero that gets his photos splashed in the papers. You are not the consummate Casanova charming the pants of pretty talk show hosts and starlets. You are a coward, Prasad said. Prasad, I... Guruji said, I won't abandon my wife. I will father my daughter because she deserves someone better than you to call us a father, Prasad said. Prasad then grabbed his holstered gun hanging from his cabinet and the badge clipped to his belt and placed them in Guruji's left palm. Consider this my resignation and my final goodbye. I don't want to see you ever again, Prasad said. Then he stormed out of the room. Now you know, Guruji remarked as he finished telling the sordid tale of how the encounter squad had been banished underneath a shroud of ignominy and how he had cold-heartedly betrayed a friend. Does she know you are her father? Nas, who was driving the Land Rover, said. Guruji shook his head. No. I'm sorry, Nas said. I am the one who is truly sorry for my sins. My wife reminds me every day of my fall from grace. She also embraced the punishment God had foisted on me for my wicked ways. She is the ever-present judge. I no longer have her love, only her contempt, Guruji said. Nas took in a deep breath. 
the vehicle rumbled along a narrow arterial road, its mechanical innards offering the only sounds to counter the sorrowful silence in the cabin. Now, will you come kill with me? Guruji asked. Yes, Nas said, her stern face finally blossoming into a smile. Thanks for listening to Indian Noir. Click the follow button on your Spotify app or Spotify desktop software. You can also take a sneak peek at how the show is produced and my life and my interests via my social media channels. I am at Indian Noir on Instagram and Twitter.